Ben Fagan here with another episode of Career Cash, the podcast. And on this episode, I'm joined by licensed mental health counselor, master's level certified addiction professional, nationally certified counselor, and owner of Dude Breathe Counseling, LLC, Phil Treber. On the episode, Phil and I talk about the importance of balance, building a support system, and the desire to continue to learn and grow in much, much more. It's an awesome conversation. Let's get to it. Well, I am very excited, like I am, for just about every episode, and I just want to jump right into things. I know we got a lot of exciting things to talk about, so welcome to the show, Phil. Thank you. I appreciate you asking me to do this. It's quite the opportunity. Absolutely, absolutely. So how I like to start every show to bring a little bit of context for everybody watching and listening is, uh, can you share with us what you do on a day-to-day basis, then we'll talk about how you got there, where you're going, and everything in between. So what are you up to uh, these days on a day-to-day basis? So um, first, I'll introduce myself. I'm Phil. Are we should do that now or afterwards? Uh, you know, this is, this is a free flowing conversation, so go for cool. it. <laughs> um, so yeah, to introduce myself, my name is Phil Treber. I'm a licensed mental health counselor. I'm a master's level certified addictions professional, as well as a nationally certified counselor. And I operate my own private practice, Do Breathe Counseling. It's located here in Boca Raton, Florida. So on the day to day, I am providing therapy. Um, I specialize in men's issues, so a large uh, majority of my practice is men, but I do counsel women or people who identify um, in other ways as well. And so most of the time during the day, I'm either you know um, providing individual care to clients. I am trying to come up with different strategies to kind of come up with little side hustles and really try to develop myself as a clinician. And if I'm really investing in myself, not only my personal and my professional life, I'm also investing in my business as well. So it really kind of depends on the day. You know, I really, I try to set aside time, at least an hour or two every day to look at my strategic planning, look at my numbers. Um, I follow an entrepreneurial organizational system called Traction, which is if you're in the entrepreneurial space or you're running your own business, this is probably one of, besides the profit first model for cash management, one of the most important things I've done for my business. So I really try to keep track of those things. And when I'm not here in the actual office or at work, I am taking care of myself, you know, practicing really healthy self-care. Awesome. I love that. And yeah. like we're, we're going to touch on, a, you know, a lot of the different things that you're sharing um, right now, which I'm, I'm super excited about. But I know from when we we met a few weeks ago and, you know, started talking about this, uh, you were in the process of uh, getting some some new licensure, um, you know, coming, yes. coming down the route. So where are you in that? And then what will that allow you to do, you know, within the practice on the clinician side of things? Sure. So I have I've attained the 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 holy grail in the counseling side, besides the counselor educator PhD. Um, I am now a fully licensed mental health counselor within the state of Florida. And for that process is actually quite long. Right. It's not like you graduate with your master's and they're like, hey, you know, get out there and be somebody. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, after you graduate with your master's, which at Lynn is a two year program, most schools at the career prep level are two years because I had to work full time and I had a very large, uh, busy life at the time, I actually extended that out to three years. And then after you graduate, you are actually a registered intern within the state of Florida for two years after that. So for me, it's been a five year journey. I remember starting day one of the counseling program at Lynn and just saying like, man, I can't wait till I'm fully licensed like this. I want it right now. So it's been a beautiful process. So I finally actually got that full LMHC. I have a whole bunch of other certifications and trainings that I've done. I actually had a coffee, or no, excuse me, dinner with a friend of mine who 
I went through the master's program with um, a few years ago. He's actually at FAU doing his um, doctorate right now. And one of the things he said, he's like, dude, you're always doing something. Mm-hmm. You're always trying to like develop yourself, develop your business. And I was like, I guess, you know, it's become such a big part of my life. I guess I don't really identify from that side, but yes. But now because I have the full licensure, there's a number of credentials that I'm actually able to apply for, but I've done the trainings, I've done the hours for. So now it might look like a little bit of an alphabet soup mm-hmm. at the end of my name, but I'm going to limit that to not too many things. But yeah. Right. No, that's awesome. Big congratulations for that. Thank now, you. Appreciate that. Of course. Looking looking back on that journey, like you said, it's a, it's a two-year program, and then there's you know additional studies, additional um, certifications that you have to go through, mm-hmm. and you extended it out. It ended up being the five-year process for you. So going through that going through that process, how did you kind of work through that? Remain patient. What kept you going? Um, you know, as things might have extended, how did you go about balancing your life with the school um, and and having things take a little longer than initially planned? And that is actually one of the things that I was thinking about discussing today, because, you know, I, over my development and actually within my life overall, I have really struggled with balance mm-hmm. and I'm, I can really go, you know, like a pendulum. I can go from not doing much in, in previous years of my life to I'm on 110% buying into this extremely toxic mentality of the hustle culture that we have today. And really neglecting myself in that process, you know, so while I was going through school, you know, I was doing the program. So I did the first two years as purely academic Then I did my last year, which was, you know, some classes, but really just much more of the internship practice side of it. Um, I had a partner at the time. I was working full time. You know, I had this very full, busy life to where when I woke up in the morning, I wasn't, you know, I was waking up at seven, you know, to get to work by nine, um, getting out of work coming down to Lynn in classes until sometimes nine o'clock at night and then finding time to feed myself, do laundry, but then also like have a little bit of fun. Mm-hmm. And it was a grind, right? At times throughout that, you know, uh, period of my life, right? I was burning out, right? But it was that whole idea of like, I need to keep moving forward. I need to keep moving forward. And it really got me through that. But if I look back, there's absolutely things that I would have adjusted and changed. So once I actually graduated school, I really started to really do some significant work on my spirituality. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a meditator. Um, I am, you know, I used to practice a lot of yoga and really kind of expanding out my mind really within the school of uh, stoicism, which is an ancient philosophy, but really a philosophy for life to really find that balance. And that's something that I've really found a pretty decent, you know, of course I go back and forth at times, you know, you know, over the past few months, I've been a little bit more in like, hey take the foot off the gas pedal business is doing great making money i have all this extra free time i'm running my own business and you know over time you know i and especially in my practice man i see a lot of guys that you know are these successful entrepreneurs or they're really high up in their corporate area or they're young guys just trying to hustle mm-hmm. and they're miserable mm-hmm. right and if they're just like they're watching, you know, the Gary V's, they're buying into all this like really heavy marketing that's on like the Instagram. And if you're not working 16, 17 hours a day, you're not doing enough. And that is not true. You know, we need to have that balance. We need to have that self-care, fill our, filling up our cup up with healthy things throughout the day, as well as, yeah, getting stuff done. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that, you know, throughout that journey, you know, finding that balance by, you know, overcompensating, undercompensating, and just trying to find that balance, which is like, 
as corny as it is, and I hate to say it, but I'm going to, is that it's really not the destination. It's the, you know, it's the journey. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's the actual, you know, the journey that we go on by asking these questions and finding out different questions and figuring out things. And, okay, I do this well, I don't do this well. I'm just adjusting, but having that growth mindset overall. So a, a couple of things here that I want to touch on, because you're, 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 you're speaking my language here, and I'm loving this. Um, Love it. Is so... One, one of the things was, and this is so interesting when you were saying like that, but talking about the hustle culture, talking about, you know, going all in and balancing that was, that was something that I, I really struggled with coming through. Mm-hmm. I was playing uh, baseball here at Lynn. Um, and the goal was to make it to the big leagues, you know, play professionally and the percentage of people who do that extremely small. And so I knew that, yeah. if, you know, same thing in business in order to have a successful business, not a lot of people do, you know, and, and it takes a lot of the time, effort and energy, very, you know, um, a lot of similarities across the board there. And so for so much of my career, it was eat, drink, sleep, breathe, do everything baseball, because that's what I thought took it. And I felt like I was doing these other things in my life. And, and like, you know, I, I was getting good grades. I was an RA. I was doing all these other things, but I didn't, I didn't take as much pride in them because it wasn't baseball and the accomplishments weren't baseball. And so it wasn't until my last year of college where I was like, Hey, let me embrace these other things and, and give myself an outlet. So when I can go all in on baseball, which was important to me, but then I could shut it off and then embrace these other areas of my life. And that allowed me to recharge my baseball battery. So I can mm-hmm. at a mm-hmm. higher level. And so what, I, what I'm curious to get your thoughts on is, is what difference ha- have you seen either in your business, your personal life, um, going through this idea of, of getting more balance? And then was there a particular instance or um, event that you experienced where you're like, hey man, like things are getting out of control. I need to get you know more focused on that balance aspect. Sure. And I, I think... I think it was a combination of like periods of my life where I was kind of burning out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty open about the fact that I'm a person in long-term recovery. So balance is really important for me because the stakes are dire. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so it was, you know, a couple of these periods where like I understood and like I, I was, able, I was kind of comfortable in the struggle. Right. I, I justified it. But then once I actually started to see and take a step back to identify that, Hey, like, this is not sustainable. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm surviving. I'm not thriving. Right. And that's not what I want for my life. You know, it comes to like, you know, the, the, the phrase we have, like the, the, the come to Jesus moments, the, you know, we hit that bottom, something doesn't go the way that we really want it to. And it's like these like moments so we can kind of step back. And for some reason, whether it's the universe or circumstances that we are able to go from that very narrow subjective view And then we're able to like look at it from like an objective standpoint and with like taking emotion out of it, taking all these other things and like looking at it from the big picture, be like, yeah, this is not the way that I want it. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's the thing is like, you know, after school, you know, I had this dream that, you know, I was going to work in, you know, uh, organized treatment centers. You know, I was a primary therapist that are pretty well known in in a beautiful facility down here, which I still, you know, do some contracting work for. And I, you know, I love the team that they have there. Um, and you know, I was like, this is not really checking my boxes and I absolutely could have continued on with that. Right. But I was working the nine to five. My schedule was two Thursday through Sunday. It just wasn't really something that I understood as like, Hey, this isn't really the life that I want. Right. And I would have continued it, but for me, it really came down to some of the, you know, pretty successful, you know, entrepreneurs, business owners, these guys that I had around me that I came up with. And that I've known for you know my seven years here in Florida, 
that kind of put a significant sharp stick in my back. And they're like, dude, we're tired of hearing you complain, <laughs> right? Like take some action. And they, and they gave me some incentives. And, and in that moment, like we were sitting at a dinner, I was like, I'm putting my two weeks in tomorrow. And it was like this, this like springboard to where like there was the financial insecurity. There was going to be, you know, I, a lot of, you know, therapists leave treatment and go into private practice with like maybe 10, 15 individual clients already. I think I had like five or six, which was not going to be sustainable to actually support my bills. Mm -hmm. But I had this drive and the sharp stick of these guys behind me that, you know, really with their support to actually take the risk and really do something that was actually going to make me happy. So once I did that, of course, like I went into like that deep hustle aspect of it. But then also like once I actually started to get into that a little bit, like I understood that me as a man, me as in, in the way that I view, like in my spiritual being, right? I'm a consciousness, you know, this is this, this skin suit, you know, my tattoos and everything else like that. Like this is temporary, but, you know, I have to be able to actually take care of myself mm. because I, as a clinician, right? Like I am the tool. If I'm tired, if I have anxiety, if I'm not taking care of myself with proper nutrition and sleep, if I'm not getting exercise, I'm going to come in and meet with my clients and one, be a hypocrite with the things that I'm telling them to do, right? But two, I'm going to burn out. I'm not going to be able to actually, you know, function in my position. So for me, not only with it, you know, on my, you know, my sobriety side, but also with my business, but also just the general quality of life that I want to have. If I don't have that balance, I'm not going to be able to function. So for me, it's actually like an absolute necessity. You know, some people who maybe do not struggle with some of the things that I have or don't have the similar life path or story that I have, you know, they can sustain burning out and working 12, 15 hours a day. But at the same time, they're going to be neglecting their health, their stress levels, their sleep, their nutrition, their partners, their families, their loved ones, their social life, you know, all these aspects of self-care that are vitally important for us to actually be these well-rounded, balanced individuals, right? I don't know if I answered your question. You did, you did, you did, you did. <laughs> Okay. So what, what I'm wondering is what, what is your perspective on, like, what would you share with somebody who's saying, man, whether I'm trying to build a business, get into this industry, that industry, whatever it is, um, and, and that social life, you know, is, is my perspective is, man, that takes away from what I'm trying to do. So how do you, how do you share the importance of having that well-rounded balance and how do the other areas of your life that on the surface seemingly are unrelated to your main goal? How, from your experience, do you think they, they connect and actually help push you forward, push that main goal um, forward and help you make progress towards it? Good question. You know, one of the examples that I always give is, you know, you, when you like, you listen to interviews, right? Like I'm a pretty, I'm a self-development guy, but within reason, um, you know, I understand that I will always be a work in progress. And one of the, some of the work that I've done a lot over the years is try to be okay with being okay and just to be okay sometimes being not okay you know I just posted something on my social media by a quote by young Pablo and saying like remember like it's okay to be not okay right but if you you listen to some of these CEOs and these guys that have hustled right these these extremely extremely successful entrepreneurs and after they built their businesses right like you look at some of these men and women and there's divorces there's unhappy kids there's these poor relationships their health suffers Right. And they and sometimes they talk about like, hey, like I wish I, you know, spent more time developing this in my life. I spent a little bit more time at home. Right. You know, of course, you know, it's easy to say that when, you know, you're sitting on a bank account of 10, 15, 20 million dollars with extremely successful businesses and 
you can sit back and just, you know, rake in this passive income, right? But I think it takes them to that point where, like, when they see these things that they've lost in their life, that that gives them a different perspective. So the balance is possible. A lot of people, we have this, and at times I've had like this, like, if I'm not working nonstop, if I'm not hustling, if I go out to dinner with friends or I take a break and, you know, in between, like if I'm hustling, working on a website or working on a business plan or really, you know, networking, like whatever it is, if I take that half hour to you know go outside, take a walk around the block, I'm wasting time, mm-hmm. right? I'm wasting. So it is much more important to actually find the balance between these things because, you know, I have all these different cliches I'm pulling out, right? <laughs> We're human beings, not human doings. And again, like I'm not sitting here reaching from this high mountaintop of that I've done everything perfect in my life. And I'm doing everything perfect in my life right now. But these are things that I strive for. Of course, like the pendulum goes back and forth. And I found that when I have pulled back a little bit from that and not like, you know, devoted countless hours on all of these tasks, but I have taken some time to, hey, you know what? You know, I'm going to put a couple hours in today and, and see some clients and I'm going to do some strategic planning and I'm going to schedule these things out. But one of the biggest other sides that I'm actually scheduling self-care and my personal life into my routine as well. You know, it's like there's that quote that Kobe talks about. It's been going around, you know, it's like I don't negotiate with myself. Mm-hmm. Right. Like if I have this goal, I'm going to hustle for it. But also I'm not going to negotiate myself and rationalize oh, well, I really want to design, redesign my Excel spreadsheet where I track all my sessions and my payments and my receivables. And I'm going to see, I'm going to spend a couple hours, how do I get this with QuickBooks and everything else like that? And then I'm just going to see like, hey, I have a run scheduled later this afternoon or later this evening. I'll do it another time, mm-hmm. right? I'll do a little bit of the business stuff, but then I'll other do this other side of the running thing because I've never regretted taking time for myself. Mm-hmm. I've never regretted you know my social life I'm, I'm kind of i got a i got a really great support system around me but i'm also like i would much prefer to like hey have, make dinner at home spend some time on my couch and then you know once a week once every couple of weeks i'll meet it up with my guys and we'll smoke a cigar um but we also have a group chat that we're communicating all day long and in contact with each other and i, I work with one of my buddies has an office here in the space so it is like when I actually do like it's uncomfortable that I when I guide my clients to actually practice self-care and I give them assignments, it's uncomfortable for them to actually experience life a little bit, mm. to pull back from it. But when they actually do do that after like a week or two, it's like, oh, this is actually quite nice. Mm. I can see a benefit to this. You know, it's like this idea that, you know, don't knock it until you try it because they feel like they're wasting the time. But then once they actually are getting proper sleep and proper nutrition and practicing self-care and reducing their anxiety, they are actually better in a position to actually show up for their loved ones, their employees, their employers, their schoolwork. It's actually something that's like, okay, I can handle this and not experience like this frantic of all this to do. They're actually able to engage in those activities and understand that, hey, I can have both, Mm. right? And exactly keep continuing to keep dialing in, understanding that it's that journey piece. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that. And so as you're talking, you know, you're you're talking about constantly evolving and you know, you're you're aiming for the best mark, becoming the best person. And through that, there's gonna be a process where you're hopefully gaining new information that you didn't have before. 
So how do you how do you go about saying, hey, you know, I didn't have this information before. Now I can make a better decision. Now I can make a better choice. Now I can live in a better way and not beat yourself up over not having that information prior. Say, man, why was I wasting my time doing all of that? You know, living that way when I could have right. been this way. So how do you how do you go about not falling into that trap of beating yourself up with the new information that you have? I mean, how can you beat yourself up for something you didn't have? Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, like, you know, what, like the, the, again, like, you know, we say like anxiety is in the future, depression is in the past. Mm-hmm. Me going back and beating myself up for not going to private practice sooner, not understanding these cash, cash management things, understanding marketing, you know, feeling more confident in myself and really pushing through like imposter syndrome, which is still a very real thing, by the way. Um, and like getting out there and networking, like I, I don't see it as productive. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, when we uh, and I adhere to the, the school of stoicism to the best that I can, of course, I'm always learning and always trying to do this. But the only thing that I can really do is take action in the moment. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, I can, you know, go back and, you know, could have, would have, should have. But that's never really a healthy thing if I'm looking at it from that standpoint. Mm-hmm. Now, if I'm going back and identifying like, OK, I mean, like I had this new information. If I implemented it this way back then, I could have had these results. And I pull that into the present moment to change the way that I'm doing things now. Great. But the same thing. But if I'm just going back and beating myself up and spinning my wheels about, you know, launching, you know, just to make it a little bit more broader business, you know, understanding that my margins are off. I could have saved a little bit when it came to this product. Um, You know, this hire that I had for my business didn't work out. I mean, these are all learning opportunities. Mm -hmm if we don't take this information and actually transition it into some type of learning opportunity, then that's a wasted opportunity itself. We're doing the exact same thing right here, right now in this moment that we may have been doing back then. And that's mm-hmm. somewhat counterproductive. So it is about like understanding the fact that, Hey, I'm not going to have all the right answers. Of course, there are 20 different things that I wish I did differently with my practice when I opened, but that's the entire idea of this thing. Mm-hmm. Right. That's the entire idea. I mean, you look at SWOT analysis, you look at, you know, strategic meetings where you get together with your team or with me, it's really just myself, right? With the traction thing and trying to be as objective as possible, but then also having these people around me, these mentors to help me navigate, right? Like I can, I remember when I first started, you know, I was really putting a lot of information and research into search engine optimization, right? SEO. And then I went to some of the other guys that are therapists in the area. They're like, why? Mm. They're like, and in their experience, they it's not worth it. For me to spend four or five grand to get into Google search. I was like, no, like they're like, hey, dude, in my experience, 80% of my practice has come from referrals from other clinicians and networking, mm. right? Maybe psychology today. Mm. It, it doesn't make any sense. You know, so a lot of these things that, you know, are out there, like the Instagram and all these different business ideas, like sometimes they'll apply to my business and most of the time they're not, you know, and that's kind of the biggest journey that I've gone on to understanding the fact that like, hey, like, you know, I came and spoke to the counseling students in their uh, practica internship over this past summer to talk to them about like, hey, I was a registered intern and in private practice. And they, their minds were blown, right? They're like, how? Because again, like we have this idea that I need to be a fully licensed clinician before I can go out and do this on my own. But I was like, absolutely not. Right. And, you know, within the KCREP education for the counseling programs, they don't teach us business. They don't teach us how to open a private practice. So for me, it was that heavy, heavy trial and error. Right. That is exactly like how you actually run a business. And if we're getting into the, into the entrepreneurial space, 
and really thinking that we're going to get every single thing right and we're not going to kind of struggle or maybe even fail, even though I don't really like to use that word, and we're not going to struggle and have to readjust and change things as we're going, then maybe you shouldn't be an entrepreneur mm -hmm. because that's part of the journey and that's also just part of life. You know, we show up in a relationship with a partner and we show up one way and it doesn't go that way. And then if we continue to keep repeating those same behavior patterns over and over and over again, these relationships, same things that end up happening. Right. So I have to be able to step back and actually identify these things. And that's exactly what I do as a clinician to help people kind of break these patterns and thought patterns so that they actually can show up differently. But that's exactly what we do in life. If we don't adjust and we don't allow ourselves to kind of struggle and stumble, we beat ourselves up for it, then we're really going to be able to grow. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, yeah. that's such an interesting perspective there. And now touching, looking more on the actual, like getting into the clinic and getting into the business side of things. Um, you know, it's clear and evident that, that there's something in you that I think you wanted to run or had some desire to run a business. Was that something you always had? And then what, where was the crossroads where you were like, man, I, I want to run the business and I want it to be, you know, within mental health and, you know, clinical work. Um, was that also something that, you know, where did, where did these passions or interests kind of come from? So, you know, I think for most people who want to become therapists, agency work, whether it's a group practice, working in treatment, working for the government, um, you know, things like that, it, it's not really like the main goal overall. So for some people, it is. For most of us, no, we want to go into private practice because that's when we can run our own businesses. We have the freedom, but also, right? So, you know, I always knew that eventually I wanted to go into private practice. You know, at some point, even if it was like with my original plan to go into work and treatment and, you know, become a clinical director and then eventually, you know, really build this really great career and then eventually go into private practice and retire that, you know, I'm, I'm uh, the same thing with my buddy who's doing the PhD at FAU right now. You know, we, when we were at dinner the other night, you know, we talked about like, listen, like I'm probably never going to fully retire. That's not who I am, you know, and as a clinician, you know, like Yalom. Um, who's a pretty famous uh, therapist who recently passed. Um, he was seeing people until his like 80s, mm. I think, if not later. So that's something I'm always going to do. But, you know, it came down again to that quality of life thing. Like for me, it was not sustainable. Like I wasn't happy. And I always knew that, hey, you know, I did my undergraduate in finance at Quinnipiac University in Connecticut. I had somewhat of an existential crisis when I graduated during the BP oil spill, being a pretty environmental guy and I was like hey listen like I can't go down to Wall Street and you know contribute to the problem so I ran and went to Vail Colorado and lived there for a little while and was a ski bum and and bounced around over the you know the couple of years as I struggled with you know you know with my sobriety and some mental health stuff until I finally found my way to Florida and you know got my head on straight and you know always knew that it, this is going to be the thing Right. And, you know, sometimes even, you know, I think about it. And one of the biggest things that I'm grateful for is that I've had this opportunity and I have built the team and the guys around me to really help and support me with that to where I'm extremely grateful that I'm not working in treatment right now. Mm -hmm. And I have some people who love it. Right. They love working in treatment. There's the stability. They get to, you know, work with a variety of different cases. And, you know, there's the risk of going into private practice. But for me, that was something that I was really up for. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Right? I think that's such a good point is not not like putting yourself into a box of like you're saying, you're going through um, you know, the program and they don't really teach the business side. And if that's something you're interested in, that's still an avenue for you. And then like you're mentioning, um, you know, with, you know, more of the agency work, 
Um, you know, if that's something that doesn't really sit with you, that doesn't mean it's right or wrong for somebody else. And I think somebody right. for those coming up and that that's one of the things that transcends the industry. You know, it's not just a, you know, clinical mental health thing. It, it, it's a business, it's finance, it's journalism, you know, wherever you want hospitality, wherever you want to get into it's, there's not this one path or one area, mm-hmm. you know, which I think is so cool. So looking, looking at um, what, what, one thing I want to touch on too, before we get more uh, into your specific practice is. Yeah. And I want to say something about that, what you just said as well. Go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Okay. Yeah. Because I think like, even if you go into corporate America and work in marketing, Mm -hmm. right, there's entrepreneurial opportunities there, Mm -hmm. right? There's always this opportunity to come up with this specific niche or the specific thing that other people aren't really doing. And that's exactly one of the things that my supervisor really challenged me to do. You know, of course, I could go to take the traditional route and see 30, 35 clients and make, you know, buck 20, buck 50 a year, right? But that's seeing eight clients a day sometimes, right? If you didn't see, that's not sustainable. Mm. You know, so one of the things is like within my quality of life is find these alternative streams of income. Like I run men's groups, Mm. right? I'm about to be launching one in November, a little bit later in November, and have eight to 10 guys with like, hey, that's I do one hour, you know, hour and 15 minutes of work a week. And I be able to actually do something that I really like and I'm get that itch scratch of running groups, which I don't really get in individual practice that I got in treatment, mm-hmm. you know, and finding these niches and finding these things of whatever experience that I've had. Right. And it's, you know, I really cut my teeth in a detox setting. So, you know, with the company that I work full time for, I've had the opportunity to kind of go out there and somewhat be like somewhat of a consultant type role, you know, but also really working, you know, kind of exactly what I did years and years ago with them. So with that experience, like what I've been really challenged to do by my buddies is come up with this idea of doing like this detox consulting side hustle to where like right now I'm working on this package that I can market to detox centers. And it's really like the, the term my buddy came up with was, you know, this detox efficiency audit mm-hmm. where I go in as a clinician with my experience, and my credentials and say like, hey, what are you guys doing? Well, what do you need help with? Mm-hmm. And really taking my experience into that. And of course, like two, three detoxes a year, maybe if I'm lucky outside of my normal business, outside of my normal practice, but still that could be a potential of 10, 15, $20,000 extra a year with three weeks worth of work. So it is like, no matter what we've done, no matter what unique experiences that we've had within our education, our, our professional and personal lives, there's always something. If we have an idea that we can like really click into something that can be unique. You know, the same thing, like you go into corporate America and you work in, you know, you know, let's say you go the management route and you're just managing whatever business that you go into. There's always the opportunity to go out there with that unique niche and experience that you have and come up with some type of consulting, some type of, you know, entrepreneurial system when it comes to that. So you're right. I I appreciate you saying that, like, no matter what our experiences is, like your path is going to kind of change as you go, as long as you're open to that. Hmm. Right. Some people will be happy going and working for an accounting firm for 30 years and just retiring from there. Right. Some people are happy going to the U.S. Postal Service and working there and getting that, you know, government pension. But for some of us, you know, our, our journeys change and shift. And if we're open to that, it can really open up a lot of unique experiences. No, absolutely. And with yeah. touching on your side hustles, too, what I, I would imagine, you know, from just looking outside in that even in areas that don't necessarily relate, you're all under the same general umbrella. But even mm-hmm. in areas that don't necessarily relate, have you experienced, you know, whether it's in the de- detox field coming into, you know, the, the one-on-one sessions, the group stuff where that, you know, the topic may not be detox, but stuff that you're picking up from these other areas influence another area. Does that make sense? Oh, of course. I mean, I think the biggest one right now is that there is a lot of fear and imposter syndrome 
for the detox idea. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes, I have the credentials. I have the experience. You know, I was I was very involved in developing some of the guidelines and ideas of just my experiences with the company that I used to be with. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I remember when I launched my first men's group, I had like two guys sign up and I wanted like 10. Mm-hmm. And like my little inner child was crushed. Uh-huh. Right. Like the whole like like the, like what is that? The, the meme of Michael Sarah when he's kind of like like you know the gift like he's kind of walking yeah, 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 and, yeah. and like okay. the, the rest of the development like uh-huh. that was me right like i felt that like oh of course no one wants to sign up for my group why would they you know of course you know this isn't going to work this is a terrible thing but the same thing is like i had these people around me like dude try again you know run it again even market it like make an instagram video like hey guys sign up is over for the first group really excited for it to start mm-hmm. i'm going to be launching a second group coming up soon mm-hmm. like don't even admit that Mm-hmm. Just keep on moving, right? So, like, part of that experience of like, hey, I'm going to give this thing a shot, and it worked when I kept on relaunching it, is like, hey, I'm going to put this time and energy into developing this other package of this detox idea and really get out there. And if it works, it works. If not, great. Mm-hmm. You know, I can kind of dial it in to figure out how I can market it differently. But yeah, I mean, it's within my business background, my personal development, understanding this balance, the the stoicism of like, hey whatever happens happens the only thing i can control is how i show up to these things and how i mm-hmm. process it is going to also come into my business stuff as well right mm-hmm. so yeah there's definitely a real fear that i'm going to go and contact all these detoxes in the air because we are florida it's, it's mm-hmm. one of the recovery capitals of the country and people are going to be like no mm-hmm. <laughs> we're not going to pay you this money to do this thing we don't see any value in it and i'm going to think okay right figure out how i can market myself differently maybe my pitch is off maybe i need to you know, pitch more to the business side of the detox as opposed to the clinical, right? And kind of get into that uncomfortable market area for me when it comes to like the real business side of treatment, mm. which is which is uncomfortable for me, mm. but I think it's going to be a necessary evil. No, definitely, definitely. And I knew that's why, you know, when you, you, uh, you know, had some, some uh, extra thoughts, I was like, no, I know it's going to come back again. And you, yeah. you keep, you know, throughout this, which I think is so awesome. And cause it's, I'm such a big believer in it too, is you keep mm-hmm. talking about, you know, the guys behind you and those who have supported you, whether it's mentors, friends, those types of people, how have you developed? What was that process like of developing that corner, developing um, that, that group that you can go and rely on that want the mm-hmm. best for you will challenge you in the best way. Um, Cause I think regardless of whether it's one person, a hundred people, it's, it's essential whatever your goal is to have that support system. So how'd you go about right. developing that? So I think for me, it was somewhat easy. And mm-hmm. I, the only reason I say that is because a lot of these guys that I met, you know, I met throughout my journey of sobriety. And, you know, so a lot of these guys, you know, they spun off in different ways with their business. You know, I have a buddy of mine who is a very successful, um, uh, like venture capitalist finance guy. Um, I have another guy who was working in data leads and insurance leads and now and then he developed his own company to really develop and sell data you know about insurance to very large insurance brokers and then i have a close buddy of mine who actually went the counseling route and worked in the treatment and then he went out on his own so i always make the joke that like you know i will i'm swimming in his wake mm-hmm. right and it's a beautiful thing because he has a lot of these relationships and he's kind of guided me on you know with some specific questions and hey dude like you know, I literally had a meeting with him the other night where, you know, we smoked a cigar, you know, and he gave, you know, we really, he kind of really lit the fire underneath me again about the detox idea about, hey, dude, you're marketing with some great people, but, you know, maybe you should really think about marketing with individual clinicians themselves, you know, you know instead of these treatment centers and these other things like that, 
you know, really get with other clinicians and build these relationships. He, he's invited me to networking events to where when I was like just in the business, right. And, and, and just getting out there. So, and I think that for me, it really comes down to, you know, specifically when it comes to like actually looking to work with people, you know, one of the things that I, I just worked, uh, he's at college now, the guy who's going to college um, up in Virginia or West Virginia, and he wanted to do something very specific. He wanted to work in like the professional sports field. And he was going into a business program that had somewhat of a sports like idea, like he could have spun off and done some type of concentration, but not really. And I was like, dude, like you ever think about just emailing people? Right. Just like, yeah, see if you can find the emails of these guys, these professional companies, the director of operations, the front offices and just hammering out 50 emails. Mm -hmm. If one person responds, cool, mm -hmm. <laughs> you got great numbers. Right. And just like literally just asking people specifically within the field that you want to go into and having these experiences, well, not experiences, but having these ideas of like, hey, I might want to do that. You know, emailing people, shooting the message on Instagram and saying, like, like, hey, can I buy a cup of coffee? Do you have, you know, 20 minutes of your time for a Zoom or something, you know, you know, just so I can ask you some questions, you know, and I think that's a really good way for some people who maybe don't have really that major support system around them, but then also getting involved in some professional organizations and think tank type stuff, you know, going, you know, in Palm Beach County, there's a number of different resources and there's tons of Facebook groups mm. for heaven's sake of everything you can potentially understand or want to know. You join these Facebook groups and you read this stuff and you see if you can just, again, man, the way that these apps are designed is to get our attention and to get us actually addicted and have that dopamine released in our brain to pay attention to them. If you're like making these things primary, like let's say you want to go into, you know, I don't know, uh, sports medicine, mm -hmm. and then you go on, you do your research about the sports medicine groups, the famous guys that are on it, and you're seeing this stuff nonstop, you'll pick up on stuff, mm -hmm. right? And you, maybe one of these people can become a mentor or you know, you find someone through an internship or practica or something like that in the area that you can kind of like, hey, man, can I follow you around for a while? You know, what are some suggestions that you could make about how I could do this? And then eventually, sometimes these things grow organically or we might have to, you know, really hire a mentor. You know, there's a variety of different things. But I think that, you know, when I was doing my undergraduate, I did none of these things. Mm -hmm. Right. And the guys that I saw doing these things, you know, because I was too busy partying in my undergraduate you know, these guys had good connections on Wall Street and business in Manhattan. And, you know, these guys are doing really well. Mm. And it's something that I didn't do. Right. But it's something that I'm, you know, taking those lessons and really transitioning into now. But, you know, I think it's really important to have that tribe or have that group of guys around you, guys or women, whatever are they, that can really, you know, help you. Like, you know, a finance guy, marketing guy, you know, management guy, self-development guy, you know, an entrepreneur guy. These people that you can go to with these specific questions that can kind of help guide you along that path, right? And don't neglect your peers as well. You know, people who are on the same journey as you are. Just mm -hmm. because they're at the same level as you are does not mean that you cannot learn from them, right? You can actually challenge and hold each other accountable to really keep going and really excelling and advancing yourself in whatever field that you've chosen. No, definitely not. I'm such a big believer in people are more willing to help than I think we give credit for. You know, you just ask, people are more willing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, because they, you know, they, they can picture themselves either in that, that frame of mind or, you know, wanting to share their information, their knowledge, mm -hmm. you know, I think is so interesting. And to your point, this is, you know, one of the, one of the coolest moments is I got the opportunity to mentor uh, one of the students here and cool. 
every every time you know we we meet yeah i always love doing these types of things getting to speak with the students because as much as i hope they learn and take away from the things i say i i always you know learn from their perspectives and what she was saying she was expressing you know 20 21 years old she's like how am i supposed to go in they're asking for 25 years of experience what am i supposed to do you know and she's an international student and all these things and i said where you are right now i said you the way you see the world is unlike anybody else right mm -hmm. another 21 year old even another from your same hometown regardless is you see the world in based off your experiences in a unique way and so right seeing that not as a detriment your age not as a detriment your background not as a detriment but uh, a superpower and one of your biggest strengths you know so, you know changes the whole narrative so now you can go in and talk to the you know the big ceos this that the other and say hey i may be able to see you know bridge gaps that the company may not be able to see because of how i see the world and i think the perspective on that piece, you know, is, is so, so valuable. And one of the things that is helpful for me too, cause I'm, you know, I'm, I'm still working on building some things coming up, um, you know, as well. And it's just like the things that I share, like you're saying, make sure you practice what you preach too, you know? Yeah. I mean, and that's like, I literally, like I said, over the past couple months, I've kind of taken my foot off the gas pedal a little bit, but in the past, like three weeks, you know, I've really taken and identified that, you know, in my life, there's some areas that I've kind of grown in, but I need to kind of turn it up a notch. Mm -hmm. right not go crazy mm -hmm. right not go too much into it but you know really lean into it i think that you know with an international business student you know a lot of the times like we may go and like to these positions that we are not qualified for and okay well is there any other position that you have mm -hmm. is there you know if there's a firm that we really really want to work with in the area you can go in and be like okay hey there's no jobs but hey can i volunteer for five hours a week i'm hungry i'm willing to learn Right. You know, I can't tell you how many times, you know, we I've spoken to people or in my own experience, like, you know, within the you know, Lynn program with my peers that they go into and do an internship somewhere and then they get jobs there. Mm -hmm. Right. Because like that's the thing is like it's it's our personality, it's our experience. But if we're hungry and we're willing to learn, you know, companies love that. They want people who will be malleable, who they can train to their model, their system. And especially if we're showing up and we're hungry and we have you know, certain things and uh, characteristics about ourselves, that's appealing to people, right? You may not have the 25 years experience for like the chief marketing officer, but hey, they might have something else. Mm -hmm. No, right? definitely. definitely. And definitely. so look, looking forward here, and this is, this is a two-parter for you, um, yeah. is, you know, where, where, where's the business going? What are you hoping for the future? And with that, mm. how do you balance, how do you balance the, the desire to get better and work towards the future, but also staying present? That's a good question, right? <laughs> so I mentioned before, I use this entrepreneurial organizational system called traction. Mm. Um, it is something that you can use on your, by yourself with a, a firm of employees of five people or these massively huge corporations to really kind of get organized. But the whole idea there is, again, like I'm a huge fan of goal setting. Mm -hmm. I'd actually have to redo my own personal goals um, soon. But professionally, the action that I'm taking now, right, is going to determine exactly where I'm going. And of course, like I said, the path changes, right? So right now it's like, you know, I um, am working with a company called Headway to get paneled with a variety of different insurances so I can open up some insurance spots. But through that process, that's also going to open up me to a large variety of clients who maybe cannot afford my cash rate, um, but then also get them the care that they need, right? Because again, with the men's issues thing, is it's a pretty niche uh, space. 
and you know some guys can't afford the cash rate so open up the insurance that way but really the goal is you know i'm you know hopefully in two years i'd like to be in a you know start to develop a little bit more recruit practice and take some action that way i'm actually looking at probably growing my business a little bit more to where i'm going to put together a little bit more of a formal business plan maybe see if i can take some grants some loans to really grow that business and take some of that risk and even i'm going to actually start looking for a business consultant specifically someone who has experience with you know scaling you know small entrepreneurial companies almost like startup and i've been open 10 months but things are going really well and you know really again like look into that future because i want to be able to build something that i'm proud of but then also you know really champion something in a passion that i'm really you know passionate about which is the men's issues you know men we do not like to talk about stuff you know, of course, that's a generalization. There's definitely absolutely men out there that or people who identify as male that have, you know, emotional intelligence and they will share their feelings and emotions. But for a variety of us, we don't. And that's something that I really want to smash home and something I talk about on my, you know, my social media, my Instagram specifically. So I really want to build this. I got this goal. Like I want to be able to build this community of guys, this community of people to where we can support each other and hopefully start to actually channel and change that overall perception of like this john wayne mentality right this put your boots on shove it down go to work your main role is to make money and provide for your partner and then i see these guys coming to my practice and they're miserable and their partners are like they're checked out yeah. right the emotions are not there so part of it is having that vision of what i want to create and then figuring out the vehicles that i potentially potentially right could really channel that into something greater in the future mm. right so two-year plan group practice five-year plan bigger group practice I, I don't know that's the thing is like i can have this big wide shot of what right. i potentially could be doing mm. but again the same thing is like my path is going to change mm. you know when i was at lynn you know i was gearing up for a phd mm. you know i participated in some research with some of the faculty i you know, was, I went to an international conference, you know, I, I, I went to conferences, I did additional trainings, but as I got closer to my graduation day, like I realized like, that's not really what I want to do. Mm. Maybe in the future, mm. right? When I have this multi-million dollar group practice that can afford me to go back to school. Um, but for me, it's, it's, you know, I have these ideas, but I'm also, I'm allowed to change my mind. Mm. And then, you know, one of the things that I do is this goal map and me in the middle in one week, one month, three months, six months, you know, nine months, one year, 18 months, two years, three years, five years. Mm. I can have this huge goal out here at five years and then track it back all the way through. But then every three months I readjust. Mm. But as I readjust that, as I readjust this goal mapping thing, my plans change. Mm. So I can have this vision, like my overall passion, like right? my supervisor always said, the idea of passion over profit. You go and follow your passion, the profit will come. Mm. If you're going to do something just for the money, it's not going to check the boxes and scratch the itch that you really want. Mm. Mm -hmm. Right. Because your values might be a little iffy. Iffy. Well, man, we are coming to the end of the show. And um, mm -hmm. but before we get there, um, I we we touched on a lot, but not nearly you know enough. So I do wanna um, you know, have you share where people can get in touch with you, where they can find you. I'll include all that stuff um as well before we cash out. So uh, can you share with us where people can get in touch with you and the best way to um uh, contact you? Absolutely. Um, my name, my, the practice, my uh, practice name is Dude Breathe Counseling LLC. Um, you can find me at my website, DudeBreatheCounseling.com, at Dude Breathe Counseling on Facebook and Instagram. Um, all my contact information on there is like you'll set, you'll set it. 
I give my business cell, call me, text me. If you want to ask questions, you know, I'm, that's the same thing. Like you said, man, I, it, people who are beginning in the field or they're starting their own businesses, whether it's counseling or therapy or not, you know, they're students, I'll make time. Right. I, I, I have no problem answering questions and really helping pull that next generation of this stuff in. Because again, man, like I'm just not, I don't have it all figured out. Right. The same thing with you, the younger generations and their TikToks and whatnot like that. Right. Like part of the big thing is like, I don't know really what's going on, you know, with the, specifically with, you know, people who are in school and studying business, you know, there are going to be ideas and concepts that they are familiar with. And I am not mm-hmm. right. I went through business school. I graduated in 2010. It was a much different, different business world back then. So, mm-hmm. you know, you can find me on my social media. All my contact information is on my website. My office is located on Yamato, just south of Federal and Boca. So it's very local to the area. And I also provide telehealth therapy where appropriate as well. But I really prefer the in-person face-to-face, you know, the energy in the room, you know, specifically some of the work that I do, you know, when it comes to the men's issues, specifically when it comes to modeling, what communication look like for men, um, as well as the stress and anxiety, inner child stuff, substance use, major life transitions. You know, I do a lot of work with like existential and philosophy when it comes to that. So we can really navigate just being a human being. Mm-hmm. Right. And really, you know, a lot of people I see are, you know, struggling. Some of the guys that I see are doing great. Life is okay, but they just want to make it a little bit better. They want to tweak it. You know, those are my executive guys, my people who, you know, are in the entrepreneurial space themselves as well too. So no, that's awesome. That's awesome. We've got one more valuable piece of advice. All this was valuable. So it is time for us to cash out where you leave us with your most. And I know that's a uh, relative term because all this is valuable. Your most valuable right. piece of advice, tip, trick uh, that you have to leave us with a little extra money on the road. So what do you have for us today? There's this documentary called 180 Degrees South. And it is this guy who follows in Yvonne Chouinard and Doug Thompson, the two guys who started Black Diamond um uh, uh climbing company but also they started the north face company these are the guys who own it and they went from california to corcovado and patagonia in the 60s and this guy recreated that trip but one of the things and the quotes that has always stuck out to me and it really has been a really significant thing in my life is this one specific quote and it's the best journeys answer questions that in the beginning we didn't think to ask So again, it comes out to that open mindset. You know, I can, of course, go into the entrepreneurial space and start my own practice. But if I stay pigeonholed to substance use or this one idea of these things, and I'm only asking these specific questions, I'm not really going on this journey. I'm not really going to be open to the beautiful things and the struggles and the growth that might actually come from it. Because these journeys that I've gone on in my life, whether it's my sobriety, my development as a man, my spirituality, my health, my business, those things have really opened up this journey to me asking these questions that I, in the beginning, I didn't even fathom. Mm. And I think that openness is something that's really important for people to have, to be able to have an open and new experience. It's incredible stuff. Yeah. Well, I, I had just an amazing time and awesome time getting to talk with you. And I know, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely have to dive deeper um, in the future. And I hope everybody listening got, you know, as much value out of this too. So I can't thank you enough for coming on today. It was absolutely my pleasure. And anyone who's listening, you know, please feel free to reach out to me. Um, You can see my personality. I love to talk. Um, I will talk to you about this stuff. I will answer questions. You're not bothering me. Um, You know, any way that I can potentially be helpful to people is exactly what I've kind of dedicated my life to. 